All right, everybody, it's the Brokenness to Fate podcast. I'm not happy about being here. I'm tired, grumpy, in a bad mood. But you know what? The show must go on, right? Amen. That's how it is. Not every day where the disciples or any figure in the Bible, not every day were they happy or in a good mood, but they uh, carried on. So um, That's right. Today's episode... Um, we're going to be in Matthew 5, um, still in there, 27 to 30. Uh, these are some of these verses um, you know pretty well. This is going to be our take on them and what we think the Bible says. Um, so um, I am going to read the verses first, yeah. and we'll get started. You have heard that it was said to the, those of old, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in her heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and cast it from you. For it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than your whole body be cast into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and cast it from you. For it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. Mm. You want me to share first? Yeah. So, obviously, first off, this is very uh, similar to the the verses before. Jesus says, you know, you heard, don't murder, but I tell you, if you have uh, any form of hatred, then you've already committed that sin. And so he's taking that and, in a sense, doubling down on it by adding more to it. And he's saying... You know, it's not enough to just have, you know, negative thoughts towards somebody in terms of disliking them or things like that. But even how you picture somebody or how you, you know, feel towards certain people in this context of lusting after people can still be deemed as a sin, even if you're not committing an act of adultery. And this is continuing this trend where Jesus is basically... In a way, expanding upon the Old Testament law by making it an issue of the heart, right? Mm-hmm. And I know we talked about that last week, and it'll come up again a bit here. Is that Jesus is getting to sort of the root of who we are as people and how we behave with other people as well as towards God, you know, in a way that the Old Testament never quite did. You know, Jesus takes it to a far more personal and intimate level and he says you know you have to be mindful of how you are thinking about people and how your your heart is in a sense acting towards people because even though you're not doing anything physical you could still be seen as as sinful and wrong right and i don't want to touch too much on the second half just yet about the the eyes and the hands but just in this first section, there's a couple Greek words I'll look at in a minute, but it, it, it's when we're looking at the entirety of the Sermon on the Mount, a lot of what Jesus talks about is making things more personal, right? The Beatitudes are a lot about, you know, how we behave on the inside and, and sort of our internal world as much as it is on the outside, and it's a major, major point for Jesus to make, and I think for us as we're reading this and you know looking at the ministry of Jesus 
is to understand that it is a, a personal one and understand that it's not enough to just, you know, do the right things on the outside. I know this is an often talked about point, but, you know, we have to just, we have to be able to follow through on the inside what we're doing on the outside. And, and you know, I know most people already know that. Um, let me get some Greek words here. Make sure I got the right one. Yeah. Um, so the word used for to look at somebody um, is the word blipo. Uh, that's probably horribly wrong. Um, and I know I've shared this definition before. I can't remember when, if it was on our podcast or Matt's or, I don't know, maybe it was to myself. Probably to yourself. Um, but I really love this word to look. And this is the definition given. To see something physical with spiritual results. That is, it carries what is seen into the non-physical realm so a person can take the needed action. Now, this is sometimes used in a more positive sense, right? To see the works of God or to see something, you know, taking it from the physical into the spiritual to act upon. But in this sense, it's more negative, right? We're seeing something in the physical world, right? A guy or a girl, and we're taking that into the spiritual realm to act upon it in a negative way in terms of how we're thinking or how we're, you know, how our heart is responding to that. And, and I think that's, you know, a good point is that it's, it, it, it's how it, you know, once it comes into us is how are we dealing with that, right? Because, you know, we can't avoid seeing somebody attractive or, you know, certain images pop up. We can't avoid seeing that no matter how old or young you are, where you live, you can't avoid that stuff happening. Sure you can. To some extent, no, some I'm of it you can kidding. avoid. But, you know, most part, you can't avoid the stuff from always happening. I can. The question is, once you do see it and you take it in, how do you respond to it, right? How does your internal world respond to that outside stimulus? You know what I mean? And I think this is where the second half will come in and we'll talk about, but... You know, I think that's a good point to keep in mind is that, you know, it is in response to the physical. So there are some things you can do in limiting what you watch or who you're around or where you go, right, to avoid seeing certain types of people. But it is, again, what do we do about it once it gets to the inside? Well, just live my life and you don't have to worry about it because I'm perfect in every way. That's true. Perfect every man right way. here. Um, <laughs> that is right. Um, the two things, first off, um, so some people interpret this, um, in a way that was wrong. They interpret it by looking at it and saying, well, so then, basically, if I lust after someone in my heart, it's the same as the actual, um, you know, physical, um, adultery. So, to them, it's like, oh, it's, it, they say it's just as bad, According to the Bible, it's just as bad. So, I've already lusted after this woman in my heart, so I might as well just go all the way. No. Committing physical adultery is worse than, you know, in your mind. Right. But the point Jesus is making here is they're both a sin. Yeah. And in culture, you know, the Pharisees and the leaders, they didn't see lusting after a woman in their heart as a sin. Because remember, all of their laws, rules, and what they deemed as sins were all outward. And Jesus says, yes, that that is true, but it's not just outward. It's outward and inward. Yeah. 
The same with murder. You know, when they talk about that, you know, you hate your enemy. You know, he justifies it as if it's the same as in your heart. Now, obviously, the consequences are worse. You know, you lust after a woman in your heart, you might not lose your marriage. You know, right. you lust after a man in your heart, you might not lose your marriage. Is it smart? No. But you realistically, you keep that to yourself, you're not going to lose your marriage. You shouldn't do it. But you're that girl that goes and sleeps with a guy who is not your husband. Now there's concern that you could lose your marriage. Right. It might even be to the point where you want to lose your marriage. You don't care. If you're already taking that step, then you don't care. But the point being here is they're not the same thing. They're both sin. But one has way more consequences on this earth than the other. And one is worse off than the other. But Jesus likes to paint the picture that, hey, but they're both bad. Because before, you only said one was bad. But no, they're both bad. He never said one was, you know, he didn't say they were even. But he did want to bring up the point that they're both bad. The other point he wanted to, that I took from this, and that I think that was important to bring up is when he says, in the heart. Mm-hmm. I like this quote. Um, let's see. I have it in my notes. Since Jesus considers adultery in the heart a sin, we know what we think about and allow our heart to rest on is based on choice. Mm-hmm. Many believe they have no choice and therefore no responsibility for what they think about. But this contradicts the clear teaching of Jesus here. We may not be able to control passing thoughts or feelings, but we certainly do decide where our heart and mind will rest on those feelings. Mm. And that's kind of what you mentioned a little bit ago. So you're at the mall or you're at the park or you know, whatever. You're at work and you see an attractive customer person. That's one thing. We're sexual beings. Okay, that, That's going to happen. But what you do with those thoughts is different. And that's that's not good. You know, if you let those things linger. Because then before you know it, you're looking up pictures on the internet. Before you know it, you're looking up, you know, pretty bad YouTube videos. Before you know it, now you're trying to get on actual porn sites. Before you know it, you're meeting up with somebody or you're trying to. You're just flirting. And before you know it, you're actually meeting up with someone. Before you know it, you're actually doing the deed with someone. Before you know it, you, you've lost your marriage or bad stuff has happened in your life. Right. And here's the thing. Imagination is a God-given gift. Mm. But if it is fed dirt by the eye, it will be dirty. All sin, not the least sexual sin, begins with the imagination. Therefore, what feeds the imagination is of maximum importance in the pursuit of kingdom righteousness. And here's another one. I, I think, first off, that's good. What we feed our eyes. We just think about what we feed our mind. What we, but it starts with the eyes, right? Yeah. Your eyes take in, and it's like feeding your heart. It's feeding your mind. What are, what, what are your eyes feeding on? Then, another quote I like. It is also important to distinguish between temptation to sin and sin itself. The look is supposed to be not casual but persistent. The desire not involuntary or momentary, but cherished with longing. There's a difference between 
temptation, which temptation isn't wrong. Jesus was tempted. That's not a sin. Right. It's not a sin in of itself, but it's when you gave it's when you give in to that temptation. You know, Hebrews four fifteen talks about how Jesus was tempted in all ways, but he endured that temptation. You say, well, because he's yeah, he's Jesus, he's God. But remember, you know, as confusing as it might be for new believers, he was also fully human. And so he endured these temptations as someone who was fully human. He did not give in to sin. He was able to see men and women as other than objects for his gratification. He was able to see them as people. He was tempted in all points like we are. But he found his strength in the Lord and he prayed to God. And that's what got him through it. That's what got him to do to to make it through these temptations was that you know so I would say when it comes to these things in this world when you hate your brother or sister in your heart when you lust after your brother or sister in your heart what are you feeding your eyes right. what do you what are your eyes feeding on you know it's like when you you eat very crummy and you don't never work out you never do any of these things you. You just, you're the laziest person on the earth. <clears throat> no. <clears throat> it's not describing me, Mark. <laughs> you know, you, you, you don't work out. You don't eat. I'm not saying you have to be perfect, but you don't do any of these things. And then you go to the doctor and he, and he lists off, after you get your blood work done, like 15 things that aren't in the range they should be. Right. And, you know, you know this and that, and this is, hey, this is way out of balance. Hey, your cholesterol level is way up here and it needs to be between this and this and you know it looks like this is really bad and sometimes people get shocked but it's like but then if you think about it what have I done to maintain my health and it's the same with Jesus who's our spiritual doctor you know of course he can heal us physically too but as our spiritual doctor why are we going to be shocked when things aren't going well in our lives but what do we feed our eyes Physically with their eyes, but they're also our spiritual eyes. What do we feed them? Do we watch TV shows with with nudity? Because, you know, in today's day and age, you can get pretty close to nudity on TV. YouTube and Instagram, before stuff gets taken down, you can have nudity. And you can have pretty much almost pornography on these sites. How do you, you know what I mean? And what are you feeding your eyes? What are you allowing inside? Even the music we listen to, the stuff that might talk about sex or rape culture or drugs and alcohol no it's not just gangster rap it's you you know you can have a cheerful song and the message be terrible you can have upbeat country artists and they're talking about getting drunk and partying and we see no problem with it because acoustic guitar and drums and everyone's having a good time but you see but you see some dudes you know in some alleyway on a music video rapping and you think oh that's bad when in all honesty, there are probably some rappers out there that are, that are are doing a better message than some of these upbeat, happy-looking pop and country oh, yeah, stars. Yeah. You know, but what are you feeding your eyes? What is coming? What What are your eyes feeding on? Because that spiritual nutrition that you're taking in is going to your mind, is going to your heart, and if it's bad, then it's gonna it's gonna start to mess up. Your spiritual body. Like when you eat too much fatty foods and the bad saturated fats. Then you, you start to build like, I don't want to get gross, but like a film or some like 
it it just starts building on your heart. Like yeah, yeah. I don't know what it's, you what you would call it's like it. Fat and it's it, it the it's the wrong word I'm thinking, of, but it <laughs> reminds of like candle wax. Like it it pretty much it's yeah. like on that yeah. on your heart. And if you do that, if you're looking at all the wrong things, it's like you're building that spiritual wax on your mind, on your spiritual heart. Yeah. And how do you get rid of that? Working out, right? My doctor last visit I had, you got like three things, you know, I think he said four things, and all of them aren't serious, and if you just do some more cardio, you'll be fine. And he basically said work out. You know, but if we did that with our spiritual selves, I remember there was a time in my young buck age, you know, because I'm an old and now, Noah's got to respect me because I'm an elder. Yeah, my older, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not a church elder, I'm just an elder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and there's a time where I could see a girl walk by, and I would just keep looking at her. Or I could see a girl walking up as we're walking towards each other, maybe mall or wherever. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, I can't keep looking. I can't keep looking when they pass by. Don't keep looking. And then what would happen? I would always give another look. But I've started to train my eyes. I've started to, you know, do a better job at feeding my spiritual eyes better spiritual nutrition. Now someone can walk by, and I can I I don't even pay them you know I don't even pay them time of day I don't even like think oh god I I can't keep looking at them like I look once oh yeah they're attractive whatever and I can just keep walking and it's or if I'm working I see someone it's like not that big of a deal because I've trained my eyes have you guys trained your eyes have you guys trained your hearts have you guys trained your spiritual bodies to not lust. To forgive your brother, to do these things, to go the extra mile that Jesus is talking about. Right. You know that reminds me of something your your dad once told us at youth camp. I think um, he said, "Eyes high, heart pure." <laughs> oh, we used to we used to yeah. make fun of that. Sadly. I used to think it was the silliest thing, but now I'm like, it's true. Like if you, you if you tell your yourself, well, yeah, but you 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 train yourself, like you know, just keep your eyes at a good level and you know heart pure like i just see this i just have yeah just look at this my neck look up to the sky yeah i look up to the sky (laughs) so i can see the notes in in pastor matt's office which honest roof it said why you look up you are gullible but you is spelled you you and r is spelled r yeah um we kind of speaking to what you're talking about in terms of like training our heart and things like that. And I think this is where it could be somewhat more applicable because there might be some people listening who's like, you know, who just don't really struggle with these types of issues, which, you know, everybody's different in what they struggle with. But I think this is something that is more universal is the training of the heart. Um, The word for lust is actually in and of itself, not necessarily negative um, depending on how it's used. And the Greek word is apithumio. Can you say that again? No. Um, and and the, the proper definition is to show focused passion as it builds on what a person truly yearns for. And I think that in this context of what Jesus is saying, it's, you know, you're passionate for this man or woman because that's what your heart yearns for, Right. But if you were to take that in a slightly different context, right, if you train your heart, as you said, if you're 
in the word, you're going to church, you're reading the Bible, you're praying, you're doing these things, and you're training yourself, all of a sudden, what you're yearning for becomes God. And as a result, that's where your passion starts to go towards, right? And obviously, you know, we said you're not going to become perfect, but the more you're passionate for God and you're focused on Him, the less likely these things are going to be to affect you, right? Whether that's lust, whether that's anger, or something else that you're struggling with, you know, as we're training ourselves, we're, you know, moving our focus and our passions and what we're yearning for, these things become easier and easier to deal with. You know, like you said, over time, you, these issues have become less and less, not because, you know, the temptation isn't still there. It's still as strong as it probably was then. It's just you train yourself to a point where you can more easily fight that off, right? It's all about focus. You know, the Old Testament does talk a lot about the heart, you know, and, and calling it the wellspring with which everything comes out of. And, and, you know, there is a lot of attention throughout the Bible given to the heart because it's not just, you know, modern culture, you know, the heart is a place of emotions and that's it, right? You know, but it's so much more than that when you look at it from the context of what the Greeks and more importantly what um, what the Jews believed they looked at it as a place of the will of you know the soul right like the heart was sort of the center of your being right everything came out of and into your heart right it wasn't just a place of emotions it was in their context where you thought who you were it was your personality it was your will it was your soul like i said is everything was focused on the heart and that's why so much emphasis is placed on it throughout the old and new testament and this idea of, of training your heart, like I said, it, it is so important no matter how old or young we are or how old or young we are in the faith. It's a constant battle to make sure that our heart is in good health because so much is reliant on what state it's in. You know what I mean? Even the lifelong Christians who are, you know, the best they can be still have the occasional hole that needs to be plugged or the occasional work or, you know, the upkeep, Right. I mean, the same, you know, using that analogy of working out, you know, you could work out for a year and become super fit and muscular, right? But the moment you stop, that's going to start to fade away, right? You can't get there and then say, oh, great, I'm fit. I can be, I can be done now. Like, that's not how it works. You have to maintain that. You might mm -hmm. not have to try as hard because you've gotten there, but if you don't keep it up, it's going to become, you know, it's like... So when are you going to start working out? Ooh, I don't know. That's uh cutting keys isn't a workout. No, not at all. But uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll keep you posted on that one. Um, sure. <laughs> but you know, it, it's you know the hard part is often getting in shape, but that's not where the work ends, right? And I think that that's a good universal takeaway from these section of verses is that you know it's a constant battle to be in control of our heart. Because it's not enough to simply act upon the desires of our heart physically. You know, Jesus says even just mentally acting upon the intentions of our heart is enough to qualify as sin. Mm -hmm. Right? Even if it's not as bad, like you said, you know, Jesus makes it a point that any anything that is negative within our heart that we allow to exist beyond that is sinful. Right, and it's important that we're coming back to the roots of dealing with those issues when we can. 
And unless you have any final thoughts, this would be a good point to transition to the second half. Well, I didn't have any final thoughts, but then you said this would be a good point to transition, so now I want to have final thoughts. Go for it. No, I'm (laughs) Okay. Um, And so, yeah, this is why the second half of these couple of verses is so important, because now Jesus kind of, he's like, okay, I've taken the extreme of saying that even a thought can be sinful, now I'm going to give you this command, if you will, that for the time was, and still is today, very extreme, right? He says, if your right eye causes you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off, throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown in hell. Um, Now he repeats that, obviously, and that's more just to emphasize the point, um, you know, more than anything else. But uh, obviously there's a lot here. I, I think... You, you you kind of alluded to it. You talked about the eyes as the gateway to our imagination and things like that. And in a way, Jesus is addressing that. He's saying, you know, if there is something that is, you know, within you that is allowing this stuff to come in, then you have to do something about it, right? And, you know, we know people who have cut internet so that they can't access certain sites. I know you've, at times, have used programs on your phone to limit search stuff, Um you know, whether it's cutting services, cutting out people we listen to. Church services. Church services. Um, even people you know, right? There's times where we have to cut what's coming in, right? Um, or even, you know, obviously this is more focused on ourselves, but, you know, we can't cut out our eyes so we don't look at pornography necessarily it's not a viable solution so it's easier to cut out the computer or the internet or to put uh restrictions or or whatever that might look like for your situation um and there's more to say about this but i'll let you go ahead mark no go ahead well i'm not sure how i want to say it yet so i'll let you go basically (laughs) you didn't have enough notes now you're trying to come up with more stuff no i just i don't know i'll make sure i how i want to say it did you not type up your notes beforehand? Well, I didn't type any notes. So you don't have notes? No. Wow. <laughs> I haven't had notes for like the past couple of weeks. And that's why no one listens to our podcast anymore. <laughs> um, so the verse, he says, It is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. Um, basically, the whole point Jesus is stressing here straight up is um you have to sacrifice if you're going to be obedient Mm. and you cannot be obedient to jesus unless you sacrifice right that that's exactly what it is if you do not sacrifice and you do not cut things out of your life then you cannot i'm not saying i'm not saying oh well maybe you can't no you cannot be obedient to God. Yeah. There are people who will forever, till the day they die, and what happens after that day, for that person, I'm not going to say, that will always and forever, till they die, be trapped in sin because they do not take this earth seriously. Yeah. I'm not saying literally, like, don't go chop off your hand. Because <laughs> in reality, you can just, 
If that sin's causing you to stumble and you literally chop it off, which there have been stories from many, many, many years ago, people did that. They still have the other hand. Oh, chop off my other hand. Okay, well now your mind, you still have your mind. You can still sin with your mind, just like the pastors before that. So, um, so Jesus isn't speaking literally here, which some people kind of interpret based off the scriptures before that. Um, but you have to be willing to sacrifice if you're going to be obedient. And there are too many Christians who get lax on that. There are too many Christians who don't want to give up certain things. Yeah. And they, they, they would say, no, I really do. But they don't want to give up certain things. They'd love to give up the sin because they know it's bad, but they don't want to have to give up certain things that pertain to that sin. Like, I know we bring it up a lot, but like something like pornography. I had a buddy who was getting married, and he decided to go to a flip phone for a few years. You know, he, he, the lady he was marrying, two kids from a prior marriage, um, you know, he had just gotten his life right with God, you know, and then they started dating and all this stuff. And it was the last thing he tried to kick. So what did he do? He got rid of the internet on his phone. Why? By using, or how? By using a flip phone. Granted, you can still get internet on a flip phone. I know because I, I was a G. Now you can't watch videos or anything. Right. Like my old flip phone had like a news tab where I could read news articles. Now it's pretty much about it. But he went to a flip phone. And people will be like, oh, I just struggle with this or that. Well, have you cut this out? Have you cut that out? Well, you know, uh, you know, and they want the sin gone, but they want to keep the things in this life without, you know, when well, they want to keep that stuff but lose the sin. But sometimes you have to be willing to lose that stuff for a while before you can get it back. All right, my buddy, now he has a regular phone. But it took years of him saying, hey, I'm not going to have one of those for a while. And if they needed something and they're out and about, they had to use the wife's phone. That's exactly what it was. Right. Now he has a regular phone and it's fine. you know. Um, but you might have to go without TV for a while. You might have to go without you know, your, you know, know, like a nice phone for a while. Hey, guys, newsflash, believe it or not, people back in the day... They turned out just fine without TV. Really? They, they, honestly, some of them probably their lifespan is even even before all the technology we have now. Their lifespan for a lot of them is longer than ours. Why? Because they actually went outside and did things. Wow. A lot a lot of people didn't have as much suppression as we do today because they actually went out into their communities because they didn't have access to things to where that would allow them just to chill at home and do nothing all day. Right. You know that's where we're at so now we have a lot more in our lives and we think oh i can't give this up or how am i going to get to a to b with the flip phone and this and that if you care about your spiritual life more then you will get rid of what you need to get rid of and you will pray that god will help you take care of the rest will it be easy will it be automatic no but it will be hard but that's what you need to do just because you're obedient to God doesn't mean it'll be easy. Sometimes it'll be incredibly inconvenient. It'll be incredibly frustrating. And you'll have to apologize to people out of anger and frustration a lot. Because I know, I've had that before. But that's the way you're supposed to go. And so, we need to cut these things out. And not literally cut your body parts out. But you need to be literally, stop being a lax Christian. 
stop thinking this movie's okay when there's a two-minute sex scene and you say, yeah, but the movie's two hours and that's only two minutes, not a big deal. When it is a big deal because you're going to go to bed with those two minutes on your mind. Right. You know, stop thinking it's okay to listen to a lot of secular music when a lot of it's junk and disrespects God. And then we think, well, it's not that big of a deal. Or the Christians are like, yeah, I listen to Christian music, just the worship music, though. Everything else is cheesy. I guarantee you, you give me a genre, I can give you five good, solid Christian artists in that genre that aren't cheesy. Not everyone is old newsboys, which I love newsboys. I love old newsboys, actually, but still. People are like, look at old newsboys, they're so cheesy. You know, but <laughs> we but we say that as an excuse so we can listen to rap that has the N-word in it and talks about men and women and drunk getting drunk and all these things and violence and it's just silly it's ridiculous it's dumb and so i would encourage everyone here think of your life and if you're struggling with sin is there things you can cut out and don't try to reason with yourself because when you're living in the world you might automatically assume well i struggle with this and here's the source but i can't cut that out because of this reason that reason now the source might not be a sin the internet itself is not a sin that restaurant and bar where people might get drunk, in and of itself is not a sin. It's the actions you take with that source that are a sin. And the internet, it's not it, it's not bad. But what you do with the internet, what you do with those hookup apps, you know, or dating apps, because going on a dating app, even Christian dating apps, there's nothing wrong with the Christian dating app. There's something wrong with trying to hook up with people online. There's something wrong with the things we do. So look at the source and say, can I cut this out? Because it's causing, because the source is what, it's not a sin, but it's causing me to sin. And if you are finding ways to justify why you need the source, then you better have a good alternative. Or you better have programs in place. Or you better have, hey, I struggle with this, but the source of it is this, and I need this for work. Can you just keep me accountable? Or, God, I'm going to be praying for a new job, but until then, tell some, I'm going to tell so-and-so to help keep me accountable. Whatever the scenario may be. Maybe have a problem with money, and it, it it's consuming you, and it's crushing you. Okay, tell someone. Have them keep you accountable. Someone you trust, not just Joe Schmo, not just the regular Christian who sits a few aisles away from you and you don't really know them, but a good accountability partner. Or, you know, a good godly figure, woman or male, female, that can help you with these things and go from there. Right. Yeah, I, I, I agree with everything you said. Eat and better. You mentioned early on about the, you know, that this walk, right, this, you know, our faith requires sacrifice. And I, I won't share the Greek word because I don't have it, but... And you probably can't pronounce it anyway. I can't pronounce it anyway, so I wouldn't try. But for um, to cut off has a personal connotation to it, right? A personal choice, right? It's more than just cutting off. It's I cut off, I gouge out, whatever the case is. And I, I think when we're reading these verses, there is that sense of like taking personal ownership over what we're doing and what's coming in, right? The other thing too is that you know, it's interesting that Jesus specifically says the right eye and the right hand. 
Now, I know you're left-handed, Mark, so this doesn't really apply to you. That's right. I can, I can sin however I want. It's but, not sin for me. I'm left-handed. But the idea of the right hand comes with a couple connotations of, you know, at least in the context, it was meant to be like your dominant hand, right? Your strong hand. This is the hand that, you know, you do everything with, that you're comfortable with. This is, you know, basically Jesus wasn't saying just, you know, cut off a finger or any random limb he's like specifically you need to cut off the piece of you that is probably the most important to you right the piece of you that would be the hardest to let go because again this is a figurative passage i believe because jesus mentioned the issue of the heart i think in the transition to this he's still referencing issues of the heart and more metaphorical issues not literally but using that term the right hand you know not just practically but even you know the the phrase the right hand of so and so right so and so's right hand you know it carries that connotation of importance you know and when we're talking about this sacrificing it's not enough to just make little things here and there to make us feel like we're making progress sometimes we have to take the hard personal choices to let things go like I, I remember for me you know there were friends in high school good people that you know I had good relationships with but in hanging out with them they were bringing me down wrong paths Xavier. Paths. Yeah. <laughs> you know and and they were just by and large were causing me to fall into sin time and time again but they were good people and they cared about me and vice versa but I had to make that hard decision to say look I can't spend time with you because every time I'm with you I end up doing something I shouldn't and I know that if I hang out with you longer this is going to just get worse and worse you know I had to make that that cut you know it's not always something like cutting out an internet or a show or something sometimes it is changing the people we're around you know certain uh, places we maybe go to you know and this applies to anything beyond just lust and and sexual sin right any sin if we truly want to get rid of that sin is likely going to require some form of sacrifice right i i can't imagine there is any sin out there that isn't committed from a place of convenience or you know a place of comfort right if that makes sense right every sin if we want to truly beat it is going to require some kind of sacrifice some kind of you know, leaving that place of comfort in order to bring it to the light to deal with it. You know what I mean? And and it's hard and it's not easy. And I, I think that, you know, Jesus, at least I think in the rest of the Sermon and Out kind of addresses this, but a lot of it too is these sacrifices become easier, not always easy, but easier if we're following the Beatitudes, right? If we're doing some of the stuff that came before this, if we're working on that relationship and building that strength like we talked about it becomes somewhat easier to do this it's still hard but you know it can get easier and a lot of it too is just how we our perspective on the situation you know i guarantee you anybody listening and me mark here if if we actually ended up in a position where god said to us you know cut off your hand right now or you're going to hell everybody listening here would say yeah i I would do that in a heartbeat right none of us care about our hand or our eye more than going to hell but 
in our day-to-day life, that's not what we're thinking about, right? We're not thinking about, you know, oh, this sin is going to be the end of me, right? We don't have that same, you know, eternal mindset when we're looking at our day-to-day lives. So it's harder to make these sacrifices because we can only look at it in the here and the now, right? Our, Our momentary comforts as opposed to the eternity ahead of us. And if we can start to change our perspective to think about, you know, how is this going to not only impact me in the next life, but even years down the line, right? I might mm-hmm. lose out on a job or some friendships or, you know, a TV show that I really want. And I might have to give that up, but years down the line, I'll probably be in a better place, right? You know, like those friends I mentioned that I, I stopped seeing, you know, that was in high school. You know, I probably wouldn't have been friends with them anyways, even if I, you know, had stuck with them right? Just the nature of high school friends, you move apart, whatever, you know what I mean? And and so it wouldn't have been that big of a deal anyways, but I was able to use that time in high school to build friendships with people here at the church, right? People in the youth group who went to that school with me, you know? And, And so even though I didn't have that context in the grand scheme of things, I can look back and say, it really wasn't that big of a loss, you know what I mean? It at the time it was, but now I'm better for it, and it didn't impact me like sometimes it does. And I think we think, oh, I can't get rid of my internet. Not that that's the end-all, be-all, but it's like I can't do this or that or get rid of this or change my route to work to avoid certain things. But, you know, 10 years from now, we look back and say that really wasn't a big deal, plus I'm better for it anyways. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so I think a lot of it, too, is just changing our perspective because you know, our hand versus hell is an easy decision, but in the day-to-day, it's not always that black and white. Mm -hmm. And if we can start looking at it in more of that context to say that, you know, anything that's with Jesus or in his path is going to be better than anything else. And if we can start drilling that in, I think that that'll help when it comes time for these decisions to be made. You know, and a lot of that is working on it now. Again, building that strength now for when when it becomes a factor, right? You know, it's easy to not care about our health when we're healthy. But mm-hmm. when something does come up, if you've been taking the steps to maintain your health and be healthy when something happens, it's a lot easier to handle. You know, yeah. you know when you do get sick, it's easier if you've already been taking vitamins and you've already been, you know, drinking enough water every day. So that when that does come, it's not as bad as if you're, you don't drink water, you're, you know, whatever the case All is. All you and, drink is Starbucks coffee. Hey, I wonder who does that. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, it, it's a lot of it is preparation for those times because not every day you're going to wake up and have to sacrifice something. You know what I mean? It's, in some cases, maybe, but most cases, it's not going to be a daily thing. Sometimes it's, you know, every once in a while, something will come up where it's like, I need to make a change. And it's easier if we're taking the steps now to, you know, go through the Beatitudes, make sure we're doing all the things Jesus talked about before, you know, making sure that the temptations that come up, we're fighting, you know, it's easier to make those drastic changes. And maybe they are small changes, but oftentimes they're drastic. They're, you know, big, big changes that have to be made in order to continue to walk on that right path. Um, and again, like you said, sacrifice is a requirement more than anything else. You know, obviously we're not under the same 
sacrificial law that the Old Testament was. I am. I still do exactly what they tell me to. Oh, you got some uh, lambs at home? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some I, lambs I, and pigeons. Have you been in my backyard lately? No. There I you go. That's probably something back there. Um, you know, obviously because Jesus is our sacrifice and, and so on and so forth. But the Old Testament was built upon this idea of sacrifice, you know, even before the law with Abraham and, you know, the sacrifice was there throughout the Old Testament. And Jesus continues that mentality in a different way, but it's still there. The crux of it is still there that sacrifice is required, mm-hmm. you know, and it's hard, but it, we're ultimately better for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, safe to say, I, I think whether you read the Bible or you've experienced it yourself, it's always better in the long run to make the sacrifices now than it is to live in that comfort and, you know, face whatever consequences might come. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I think Great. that's good. <laughs> Any other closing thoughts? No, you said it good enough. Good. So this is the Brokenness of Faith podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Um, yeah, no, we really appreciate it. Uh, you can always um, email us, or I mean, let's be real. Most of you probably know us. <laughs> Just hit us up, talk to us. We love hearing from you guys. Um, thank you guys so much, genuinely, for being there through all sixty or seventy or whatever episodes it is. Getting close to eighty, I think. Uh, close to eighty episodes. <laughs> Once we get to like eighty, I'm gonna retire. I, jeez, man. We gotta make uh, it to a hundred. Come on. A hundred, and then <laughs> then you're gonna say, "Come on, we gotta make it to one fifty. We gotta make two hundred. All right. At, at episode one hundred, we'll finally let your dad sing on the podcast because he keeps joking about it every time. <laughs> so if you want to hear that, encourage us to go to a hundred and, and then pass that's when I'm sing. done. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, deuces. <laughs> <laughs>